Okay, hello, welcome back to the Oral Health Podcast. So uh, today, because it is World Immunisation Month all throughout August, we wanted to take a second to sit and have a chat about immunisation and in particular the HPV vaccine. Um, it is very well known if um, you know if you know anything about mouth cancer that HPV is an underlying cause. Um, and essentially this vaccine gives you a lot of protection against it. So Karen is joining me again today to just have a bit more of an in-depth chat about how the vaccine is a benefit to your oral health and who can have it. Hello, how are you? I am all right. <laughs> good, 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 good. I am good. I'm nice to be back tired. again. I know. Well, you know, you can go home to bed soon. <laughs> we'll get this done. Yeah, we will. <laughs> a little, have a little chat about HPV vaccines yeah. and vaccines in general. I mean, we, you know, from, from birth, our children are vaccinated against some diseases that used to, you know, kill people um, in the olden days. And, you know, there are things that we've completely eradicated by the vaccine programme. So... Um, from from a dental point of view, we're more talking about the HPV vaccine because the HPV is human papilloma virus, which is the virus that causes um, cervical cancer. So it was thought, devise a vaccine, give it to girls because they have a cervix, they are less likely to get um, cervical cancer. Mm -hmm. So the vaccine was um, made and tested and was launched. So girls, um, so 12, 13. So we're talking sort of year seven and eight. Seven, seven, eight, I think it is. It's when they get to high school anyway. And it's a uh, a two-stage injection, which uh, was giving the, the, the most protection. Now, that's all well and good. However, when we're looking at the statistics of um, oral cancers, we're now finding that um, the majority of new cancers these days are caused by the HPV. So, um, especially types 16 and 18. Mm -hmm. So, now we realise that for you to get cancer from this virus... It doesn't just affect people who have a cervix. Yeah. So we now have to protect everybody. So several years ago, we ran a very successful campaign um, alongside other um, sort of cancer charities, etc., to get the vaccines introduced for boys as well. Now, boys are vaccinated at the same time as girls. So. If you have a boy that was born after the 1st of September uh, 2006, they will have been offered the vaccine. So if they haven't, you can back vaccinate. So you can go to the, the, um, you know, the nurse at your practice and they will be able to give your son the vaccine. Now that protects them the same as girls. Now, I know it, it, it... it's very difficult to think where the link is. Now, the link is from um, oral sex. So that is how the HPV is passed from somebody who may have it. And at times of our lives, we probably all um, have it at some point. Now, that can be passed from person to person through sexual contact. 
So it's really important to remember that um, even if you're not having penetrative sex, you need to still use protection to predict, if I can say it, protect against um, the, the HPV, which can cause oral cancers. I know it's not a very comfortable subject to talk about, and I know you're looking at me funny now, so <laughs> because it's um you know a subject that we don't like to really talk about but you know it's there we need to talk about it it's you know a lot of young people these days you um think about unwanted pregnancies and things like that and they think they're safe if they're doing something else which is not true so ideally all of you know anybody that you um have sexual contact with has been vaccinated so you know that you're you're more at risk the more sexual partners you have you're more at risk if the partners that you have haven't had the vaccine so that's why it's so important to to get everybody vaccinated so i mean it's not just children we we're looking at um men who um have sex with men um they can be vaccinated normally up to the age of about 45 i think after that it's not quite so um not quite so effective mm-hmm. and sometimes in somebody older they might need to have um more vaccines they might have to have three um ejections as of september this year um there will be a single vaccine it's been shown um, in in studies and research that the just giving one vaccine gives as much protection or almost as much protection as two and it's easier to get somebody in for one injection than it is to drag them back for a second one that that is the problem um i mean covid had a big effect i mean it had a big effect on everything mm-hmm. so whilst children weren't at school because this vaccine is given in schools during the school day because the children weren't at school there was a whole cohort probably a couple of years um a couple of school years that didn't get the vaccine at the time that they would normally have the vaccine because what we're trying to do is vaccinate these young people before they're sexually active to try and nip it in the bud beforehand and i mean if you look at the figures of um cervical cancer they have dropped dramatically in younger people because of this vaccine. So in a few decades' time, I think we'll probably not see very much of that, but hopefully we will see less of, of it, the, the oral cancer caused by the HPV. Definitely. And so the, the move to the single doses, then, there is some discussion around, is it as safe? Um am I going to get as much benefit from just having one dose? But, um, you know, I think the research is pretty solid in that. I think it yeah. is, yes. And they say in anybody under 24. So as I said before, if you're a little bit older, you probably need more um, of the vaccine. So then it will be done in two or even three in some cases for you to get the full protection. Mm-hmm. And um, so we um, had a campaign, like you mentioned, called Jabs for Boys, where we, along with other people like HPV Action, which is now not active anymore, um, lobbied to have this vaccine available for boys as well as girls. As part of that, we did a series of interviews, um, and one of them was with a sexual health worker in, I believe, Brighton. Um, So if I can find the clips, I'm going to play some of his interview here, because he talked a lot about the men who have sex with men eligibility and stories about that 
I'm Ben Bloom from um, the Terence Higgins Trust in Brighton. I'm the Health Promotion Coordinator for Outreach and Community Engagement. When I started working in sexual health, um, I one of the main parts of my job is training and I train new volunteers and part of that training is talking about all types of STIs and one of the things that I had to learn a lot of information about quite quickly was around HPV because I never had uh, any kind of personal connection to HPV um, I didn't have um, know anyone that had been diagnosed with HPV or had genital warts or anything like that it wasn't really on my compass yeah. um, so it was something that I had to learn about so that was my first kind of introduction to the HPV world um, and and how I be begun to learn about it the only time for example that we would talk about HPV within our clinic in Brighton is to find out whether people have had a vaccine or not to find out if men have had that vaccine or not there would be no other way or reason really for us to kind of bring it up um, if somebody was saying that they had symptoms of genital warts for example something like that we would refer them into the full sexual health services for them to get checked and obviously to get treatment if they needed um, but certainly I'm, I'm, I'm worried more about the fact that people might um, be more concerned over um, HPV and the genital warts rather than the strains of HPV which will cause cancers yeah. um, and that's I think something that people need to be much more mindful of men especially um, men who have sex with men who are sexually active if they are able to access a HPV vaccine, um, then they should absolutely do that. In Brighton, they've been running a really successful pilot, which is still ongoing, which is offering the HPV vaccine to men who have sex with men uh, 45 years old or younger, um, which um, is problematic in itself. Many men are then not eligible for that. And so it means that actually they need to find another way to access that vaccine. Mm. And of course, if they have to pay for it, then perhaps if that's something that they can do or find other ways to be able to access it, then that's something that I would certainly recommend that they do because it's invaluable. It's an invaluable kind of tool in our vaccine armoury. You've been vaccinated yourself. I you? have, yeah. I was really lucky to be able to um, get the vaccine free from within the pilot scheme that they were running. And it was really easy. It was a painless vaccine. They reminded me when I needed to go back for each of the vaccinations. Um, and it was pretty straightforward. So I had three vaccines all together. Um, one and then three months later, then the second one. Yeah. And then three or four months later, the third and final one. So it was nice to, you know, it was easy peasy. Yeah. Um, I just went to my local sexual health clinic to do that. And they, you know, happily administered it. I find it um, tricky to think about the fact that men will most likely have to pay for the vaccine if they really want it, simply because the fact it's so expensive. Mm. Um, even for somebody of means, four or five hundred pounds is a lot of money to share on a vaccine that, you know, doesn't necessarily have any guarantees. It's going to protect you against something that you might never have been at risk of anyway in the first place um, and certainly you know even for that's for people who do have some sense of means for people who have no means who in many ways might be more at risk uh, might be taking more risks in some ways um, and and perhaps don't have a level of education around sexual health in general including HPV 
then they, uh, you know, they should absolutely be able to access this free of charge. Um, the, the assumption that we will either pay for ourselves or be immunised by having sex with, uh, with women is just... Is nonsensical. Got several friends who have discussed um, paying for it um, and buying the vaccine who don't live within this area. Um, and, you know, because that's something they felt passionately about, that they actually wanted to feel like they were protected from getting things like, you know, rectal cancers. Yeah. Um, so there is, you know, obviously, if somebody is knowledgeable enough about it and have a sense of understanding and are able to assess their risks and are actually able to say, you know what, I'm prepared to kind of pay for this. But that is definitely the exception and not the rule. Mm-hmm. Um, most people will not be um, even aware of the fact that this even exists to be even able to go out and look about how to access it privately. I would definitely recommend that um, people speak to their local sexual health clinics um, for them to find out whether they do actually have a local vaccination programme um, in their clinic, whether that's a pilot scheme or otherwise, um, because also they might have some advice within that sexual health clinic about how they can access it. Um, perhaps they might be able to pay for it privately, but then get it administered at that sexual health clinic. Um, it's important to kind of, you know, to ask those questions. So that would definitely be my suggestion to do that, to speak to your local sexual health clinic. I think when we think about our children, we probably extend our rounds of generosity beyond ourselves. I'd pay for my son, but not for myself. But uh, I I would absolutely do that. And what one thing that we had, it was some months ago now, and um, it was really, really encouraging to hear. There was, we had a... Um, mother call in who was concerned about her son who was in his kind of early teens who had just disclosed um that he was gay and her concern was only about hpv it was really interesting to have this conversation she was obviously aware of hpv probably um she had daughters maybe they had had the vaccination she suddenly realized that her son was not going to be vaccinated against it and he would be at risk because obviously he wouldn't be immunized in any other way but it was really heartwarming to think that you know uh, that a mother's response was around that was around kind of health implications to her son there was nothing else attached to that uh concerns around his sexuality um we we had a little warm fuzzy day that day in the (laughs) office when that happened it was nice you know and again hopefully that would be something that might be included within this new comprehensive sex and relationship education that we'll have within schools it's certainly a part of what we were pushing for to make sure that young people are absolutely aware of what vaccinations they should be getting what vaccinations they can get dependent on the type of sex they'll be having you know so it has to be an inclusive approach. The, the biggest message would be to get vaccinated. If you can get the vaccine, especially if you can get it for free, go and get it done. It, it is nothing to get it done. Um, if you have to pay, strongly consider paying for it. If you actually really, you know, if you can afford to do that. Um, and, um, and the reason that you get the HPV vaccine is not to stop genital warts. It is to stop the fact that you, you might well get many types of cancers. That's the reason to do it. That should be the, the thrust that pushes people through the door. If you have questions about it, talk to your local sexual health clinic Um, because the the places you're going to be able to get it is going to vary vastly around the country. Yeah, yeah. Not just 
oral cancers that you can get you can get cancers um from the hpv um you know in other parts of your body so mm-hmm. we're looking not, not just cervical cancer but anal cancer um you know cancer of various parts of your um sexual anatomy um i have got the list here here we go this is the anus penile Pe- vagina vagina vulva as well so we're looking at all of those cancers so what i know we come from a dental point of view and we're talking about you know head and neck cancers um but also there are other parts of um the the sort of sexual organs that can be affected by hpv so mm-hmm. it's important to know there are lots of different um lots of different reasons for for having this so it's very important but from a from a perspective of oral cancer it tends to be further back in the mouth yep. that, that um, you will see a cancer caused by HPV. And, I mean, the clever people can differentiate between what has caused which, um, which mouth cancer, which is great because we can, we can now pinpoint what it is causing it and then educate people into the reasons why. And, you know, I know we've, we've probably got a little bit... Um, of vaccine fatigue as it's called mm-hmm. because we we've had lots of covid injections and flu injections and goodness knows what but it is really really important and i know that people look at injecting their children and and you know is it worth it is it is it sort of ethical and that kind of thing i mean i think that to try and give them the best protection that's the best that you can do for them is you know give them a vaccine that's been tried and tested and we know works so mm-hmm. you know i don't think there is realistically any reason why i mean obviously you know there are some allergies that mean you can't have the injection which is fair enough but if your child has missed the vaccination be they male or female if they've missed it speak to your doctor's surgery the nurse will be able to give it to you it will be free of charge because obviously they're they're um under 18 so that's that's something that can be done so don't put it off get it done i mean obviously now it's back in schools again and you do you do have to sign a consent form as a parent um but when you see the devastation that these kinds of cancers can cause um it it's really not worth taking the risk for a one injection as it will be as of september so next month yeah, absolutely. I couldn't put that any better. Um, As I said, the the reason it's given at such um, such a young age is it's skin to skin contact. So you can find it on fingers, hands, mouths, the genitals. So it can be easily spread by skin to skin. So um, we're talking about if you if you're having oral sex, use a condom, use a dental dam, um, so that you're not coming into contact with that area. Um, and that will offer protection as well as having the um, having the vaccinations. So it's just about taking the safe sex message to, you know, the the, the whole of sort of sexual activity really, every exactly. sexual contact. Um, you know, as I say, you are eligible if you are um, uh, sort of an MSM or transgender you can have the vaccine as well you know we're looking we're looking at proven protection for at least 10 years and probably longer so 
um, still need cervical screening because the vaccine doesn't protect against all HPV. There are hundreds of different strains of HPV. So it doesn't protect against all of them. So obviously you will be invited over the age of 25 women will be invited to go for um, cervical cervical screaming. Cervical Good screening. grief. <laughs> Pap smears. Yes, a smear <laughs> test. So um, it's important if you're invited to go in, you go and have that done um, regularly. Well, they just send you a letter every time you're due. Yeah. So you'll still need to have that done, even if you've had the vaccine. So it doesn't get you out of that one, unfortunately. So... Uh, mm-hmm. It will just um, it, it just offer the protection, so yeah. you're less likely to, but you still need your screening. Yeah, I'm pleased as well. The NHS website has uh, where we've got most of our information from, um, because contrary to what you might want you to believe, Karen doesn't know absolutely everything in the world. But um, <laughs> no, it's good that they are including other types of relationships, like you say, men who have sex with men, transgender people, blah blah blah, because. historically I think contraception has just been talked about as Mm -hmm. protection from pregnancy and Mm -hmm. STIs kind of come second to that Mm -hmm. so it's it's good to see information's moving forwards and becoming more inclusive it definitely is and it's really amazing that when you speak to young people they're not really aware of this Mm. I know obviously my children are slightly different because I kind of tell them everything even if they don't want to know it but I often speak to their friends as well, and I do get that, oh, mum, you're not going to speak to my friends about oral sex, are you? <laughs> but I think it's important that they know, and if somebody doesn't talk to them about it, I mean, I'm not in the slightest bit, bit embarrassed to talk to them about these kind of things, but I think it's really important that they know. And I think the more matter-of-fact you are, you know, I'm not sniggering into my sleeve or anything, because it's a normal part of, you know, our lives, So I think it's really important that they know. And I think that these things aren't taught necessarily. They might be now. I mean, it's a long time since I did sex education at school. But I'm I'm not sure if this kind of thing is actually spoken about. If it's not, it should be. It's not really, no. no. I I work with kids um, quite regularly. We had a little bit of a discussion just about school in general. And they mentioned how... Like a few of them are very out and proud and power to them, and it's like oh, they didn't even mention anything about the, anything that applies to me. And it's like mm. when I asked about it, they got really embarrassed. And I'm like, yeah, so yeah. we need more people yeah. to talk frankly and openly about totally health. You don't need general. a whole lesson on putting a condom on a banana, do you? I mean, that that was the old type of thing. You need to talk about the real world, what is happening out there. There are so many different connotations of, um, you know, a sex life that you need to be able to speak to um, people about all of it. And, mm-hmm. and you know, nobody is, has the monopoly on, you know, um, how how they uh, they have sex or what they do. So I think it's really important that um, young people do know about options and... Um, you know, it's not all about what what you see on the screen, or you know, that's not normal often. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's important yeah. anyway to make sure you're as safe as you possibly can be. Yeah, because even when you've had the HPV vaccine, you can still get it. You can, and yeah. it's not a hundred percent protection like any vaccine is. Not 100% no, absolutely protection. not. I mean, we're not here to try and worry people and put no. them off sex for life, and you know 
sit there in your little padded suit and don't let anybody touch you. <laughs> That's not what we're saying at all. But we're saying, yeah, go out there, enjoy yourself, do what you want to do. But make it as safe as possible and have the vaccine. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a nice note to end on. Um, next time we'll be back talking about uh, World Photography Day. I'm going to talk to, to uh, Karen about dental photography, social media, smiles online, all that good stuff. So something a little bit lighter, um, but actually still important to talk about. Just maybe not as important as... Uh, vaccination. But come back then if you're interested in listening to that and we'll see you in a bit.